Welcome to Love String, love stories that tie us all together. I am your host, Rachel Fiorello, a true believer in love, and now a dedicated teller of love stories. In episode 13, our final episode in season one, you'll meet Andrea and Kelvin. Kelvin is a chef who found a way to win Andrea's love through food. They share with us their love story that spans over multiple countries. So sit back, open up your hearts, and get ready to fall in love. Kelvin and Andrea, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to talk to you guys. Well, thank you for having us, Rachel. We're so excited to be here as well. Yeah, thank you for having us. Yeah, I can't wait to hear uh, your love story. (laughs) So if one of you guys kind of want to get me started, tell me where it all began. Okay, well, it actually began in India. I had been here before Kelvin, and the first time we met was at the original restaurant he was in, and I was with the boy I was currently dating at the bar, and Kelvin had come out and given me a burger, and then he just disappeared. I met him again at his restaurant when I was with a big table of friends, and we didn't speak, And then finally, we met in yoga class. He came to my side of the city. Mumbai is massive. And so he finally came into the suburbs, came to a yoga class, which had a lot of food influencers and food business involved people in it, including myself. And he came to one class and he never came back again. (laughs) So so what does that mean? What happened? Um, so essentially it was, you have to take a, a step back and look at, I was kind of your uh, stereotypical chef at the time, uh, pretty unhealthy, didn't really, actually didn't exercise at all, to be honest, um, drank quite a bit, smoked quite a bit. And the, the, the thought of, uh, even doing and joining a yoga class was uh, pretty funny at the time. Uh, so it took, a, it took a lot of convincing. And finally, a couple of these uh, students who were in the class that I met at the restaurant uh, had decided to come to the restaurant, kidnap me and kind of forced me to go. Um, And that's when I went. And I remember seeing Andrea and her best friend at the back corner of the class. Uh, The two were probably the best students in the class, Um, yet they were probably the worst students. Um, They were constantly laughing, um, constantly making sounds, giggling. And the teacher would always give me stares and looks and ask him to be quiet. Um, but that's when um, she caught she caught my eye, and I figured out that she. Um, I heard from one of the other students that she was a uh, gluten intolerant as well. Um, so I decided to return for a second class um, with a box full of gluten free treats. I made some uh, gluten free cupcakes and gluten free cookies and whatnot, and I ended up getting her number. And that was the end of my yoga journey. <laughs> Wait, I love that food was the way to her heart. I love it. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> Still is. That is yeah. <laughs> so you guys meet, you don't come back to yoga class. And then where did it go from there in terms of your relationship? So Kelvin, again, used food as a bait <laughs> to get me back into <laughs> his life. And so as being two expats abroad, He said, do you want to come over and watch American football? Now, football in the U.S. is very early in the morning here. It was a public holiday in India. I was working 
as a VP in an advertising firm. So I had business hours, Kelvin had restaurant hours. So finally a public holiday, it was a good day to get us together. So I came over to his house, not realizing it was a date at 6 a.m. in sweatpants looking just gorgeous as you can imagine at 6 a.m. and <laughs> not thinking you had a date. And he had an entire spread laid out tailgate style. So we had macaroni and cheese and burgers and fries and I fell asleep during the football game. But the food was fantastic. <laughs> and that was our official date. And it I sound think exactly was... what you'd want to eat at 6 a.m. Exactly exactly. <laughs> I think I fell asleep during the game, woke up, ate some more, and then we just hung out the rest of the day. And then that was when I realized that this was probably more than just inviting me over to a game. And I think we've just, while we've separated in terms of distance and different countries for a while, um, that was the beginning and the end of everything. And we kind of haven't separated, I guess, emotionally since then. So do you feel like at that point you, I don't know if it was both of you, one of you knew like, okay, this is it. I'm, I pretty much decided uh, she was going to be the one um, after that second class um, of yoga because a couple of the students wanted to show me the local food markets, um, which were only uh, around in the suburbs, which I would never even venture to. So I thought it was pretty cool that we could go to these markets and check out and see where the local people go shop to get their fruits and vegetables and whatnot. And it was raining pretty hard. And we sat in a really small car. So everyone piled into this tiny car. And as we got out to uh, go in search of our fruits and vegetables, uh, Andrea was getting out and she like smashed her head really, really hard. Like it was a loud thud um, oh. as she was getting out. And instead of crying and freaking out or getting angry or whatever, she just sat there and giggled. Um, and that's when I was like, okay, that's, that's, uh, that's definitely her then. <laughs> I love that. That is true. I think my, hat, my head bounced between the yoga mat and the frame of the car and the yoga mat again. That was a good, <laughs> was a good bash. <laughs> um, it took me a little longer to come around. Kelvin, as he rightfully said, um, lived a different lifestyle than I kind of envisioned for myself and that I was following. At that time, I did have my corporate job, but yoga was also at the center of it. I had started a yoga line at that time, working with tailors that were local and did everything by hand and all of the profits went back into their pockets instead of mine. And then I was going off to Mysore to study yoga. And so for someone that was had mm, partying and maybe cigarettes, alcohol at the center of their life, it was just completely opposite. So it took me a long time to come around and some major changes in Kelvin's life. And now he lives a much healthier and happier lifestyle, I believe. Did you know, so you were in India already. Did you, were you planning on staying there? Like, did you think that's where you were going to get married and raise a family? Oh, I did not. I was actually at the end of my contract and was getting ready to leave India when I met Kelvin. So I think I had six months more left in my contract. I came very young, 23. I was 25 when we met. Um, I was getting ready to leave and then I met this guy and I stayed for a while and then my grandmother passed away and it shook 
this if she was the center of our family and it really really shook me to the core and made me think gosh why am I so far away I need to go home for a while I went on this beautiful trip with my grandfather that my grandmother should have been on we went to Mexico it was wonderful I got to bond with him and I come from a very large family I'm one of 17 cousins and 17 grandchildren for my grandfather so to get to spend one-on-one time with my grandfather was a very big treat. And I think as an adult, you appreciate that obviously a lot more than when you were a child. And so I went home and Kelvin and I made it work. And then he had actually planned to move back to North America. He's Canadian originally. I'm from the States, but he was raised in Chicago. Home was going, we were going to figure it out where home was, but he was coming to open a restaurant in LA. And at the last minute he decided to go back to India and then I joined him. And so everything changed, which meant I had to give up my dream of being back home and near my family. But then I came to India and we grew a business together and restaurants and did a lot of growing. And yeah, then we got married and had our family. Once you decided like, nope, I'm going to stay in India. Did you guys... I know, Andrea, you went back over with him, but Kelvin, did you feel like at that point you were like, okay, this is where we're going to be for good? It's never been a plan to be here for good. Uh, And it's at some point we do plan on going home uh, only because we do want to be closer to family. Uh, Family plays a huge role in our lives, even though we've been away from home for so long. Uh, We've always tried to make it a point to spend as much time home as possible whenever uh, our jobs allowed it. So we would plan on our vacations, our time offs, um, all around that. And that usually happens. We make sure that it's in our contracts. We used to go home every six months or whenever the the job or at the time the restaurant allowed us to. Uh, So we would always uh, just head home and try to spend as much time as possible with more than not uh, with, uh, as much as we can with Andrea's family, uh, only because at the time, my father and brother and everybody was still involved in the restaurant business. So spending time with people in the restaurant industry is very tough just because our hours are restaurant hours. And my family being a very uh, old fashioned Chinese t- uh, type kind of traditional family, um, they didn't really do a lot of family activities. They didn't do a lot of uh, family bonding kind of kind of uh, uh, time together. So for us, because our time was so limited and we wanted to make sure that we got the most of it, um, we generally would spend more of our time uh, on the West Coast with uh, Andrea's family as much as possible. I love that. When you guys decided to go back to India, do you feel that that played a significant role in your love story? And what I mean by that is, ultimately, all you guys had were each other, right? Like sometimes we can fall back on our family or we can like go do other things to occupy our time, but you guys truly had each other. And do you feel that that played a greater role in your love story? I'm going to say absolutely yes. So from my from my side, I came from the hospitality world, but I also came from a more corporate side of things. And so when we went back to India, I joined the company that Kelvin had joined and I took over as their head of marketing communications and PR. So I got to spend a lot more time inside of the restaurants with Kelvin, which made me a bit more understanding of his commitment to his career. And it was also great that we then got to build these things together 
and not only build restaurants, but build customers and relationships and menus and photography and media. And so I think that that plays a huge role in our life, but already food was the center and then family. So then we had our restaurant family. We got to nurture these massive teams and a lot of younger people. So we kind of got to see what our parenting life might look like because we got to mentor a lot. And I think that it played a massive, massive part in our love story and definitely strengthened us. And there are a lot of people that struggle to work together. And what Kelvin and I have found is that we're, we're so different and so alike at the same time, but our differences actually balance each other out in terms of work and in home. And it's not always easy to have that work-life balance, but we figured out the transition in our relationship. Um, I think it's, she hit it on the, on the head when she said our differences um, kind of make it work smoother. Uh, it, it, it seems that we have found a kind of balance, whether it be professionally or at home or even just in the relationship, uh, that makes it seem to work better in the sense that it, it's always going to be about counterbalance and being able to kind of, um, help each other in whosever strengths or weaknesses it is. And we've applied that in every aspect of our lives whether it be in our family or home cooking um, for, for our son, for our work, for our restaurants. And it helps things definitely smoothen out only because we kind of appreciate the hard work that we each do for our each, um, I guess, section or responsibility of each facet of, of our lives. And we also tend to just laugh a lot. And that helps <laughs> always. We always have a good time no matter what we're doing. And also while we're abroad, we really aren't alone. We have this wonderful group of friends and some are local and a lot are Americans and Canadians who happen to be of Indian origin or here building businesses. And they've, we've seen each other on this journey for the past, holy moly, like almost decade together growing these projects and growing their families. And so we have this massive unit that just, holds each other together and supports each other and sees things from our way. And I don't know. Yeah. I think it, we're not alone here, I guess is, I guess what I'm trying to say is we are definitely not alone here. And we have this massive support system that contains people from all walks of life, but that share a lot of things with in common with us having the North American background as well. And we've grown some of our best, and strongest friendships are here. That's so awesome. Like what a great opportunity. It's so and even for Bodhi, like, I mean, being able to like experience, I mean, I know he's so young, but like a completely different culture and like the, what a great, what a great time. Yeah. What it's, it's quite interesting. So he, Bodhi was born in Mumbai. And so one of the first languages he heard was Marathi because at 10 days old, I started taking him back to the restaurants and we had these wonderful, wonderful team members at the time that wanted to hold him and take care of him. And as a first time mom, it's a little shocking, but there was one in particular that Bodhi just would calm with at any point. And so Marathi is probably the third language Bodhi would hear and probably the 
one of the most used languages. And now that we're in Delhi, Hindi, but the great thing about Hindi is our neighborhood is massively diverse. We have 32 diplomatic missions within just our tiny little neighborhood. So we're neck, we live across from a consulate. We, we live one floor above someone who works in the UN. And when school was still open before our lockdown, Bodhi's little tiny play school had, I think, 17 different nationalities inside of it. So while English was the used medium, there were just so many, he was exposed to so many other languages, cultures, our play dates were with people of all different backgrounds and races and colors and likes and dislikes. And I think that this opportunity is massive and especially at such a young age and especially with what we're going through at home right now in the states and the changes and how awareness and discussion is key about differences i think bodhi is already going to have just a step ahead in terms of that 100 percent. that's amazing so i'm gonna kind of rewind a oh, bit yeah. kelvin <laughs> walk me through the like proposal like when you knew you were absolutely gonna marry andrea and tell me what that experience was like what did you do to propose please tell me it involved food <laughs> um it actually didn't really involve food as much um it was a bit of a circus as seems to be for the most of our lives and everything that we do um the proposal actually began when she was already home and this was at the time when I was kind of starting to wrap up in Mumbai and head home to open a restaurant in uh, in LA. And that's where we were thinking of being uh, transplanted at the time. So she was actually with her sister and I had begun the process of trying to put together a ring. Uh, I, I, I asked her sister to steal one of her rings to get the size for me. And she got the size for me and I, I, I began scouring around looking for um, diamonds and stones and whatnot. And I finally settled on one that I really, really liked. And it was um, this uh, beautiful diamond that I, that I could afford at the time. Um, I actually purchased it and was gonna, about to get the ring made when I got a frantic phone call um, early in the morning from her sister. And her sister said, so I um, had this conversation with Andrea and she hates diamonds. So I was like, well, that's amazing. Um, so I quickly had to find someone else to buy the diamond. So I actually lost a, a chunk of money on that. And then I had to do some research and a little digging uh, to find a option that, I, that Andrea would absolutely love. And I finally figured that out. So I got another ring for her. And then began the process of trying to figure out what I would do and how I would propose to her. So at the time, uh, we were going to take a trip together uh, back to Toronto. And that's when I began to put together all the little day-by-day um, -day events. And the whole thing was that at the time, we were going to go to Chicago to see my family and my friends there. And we were going to attend a, a small little party, summer barbecue at someone's restaurant. Um, it's, it was someone else's party. So I wanted to kind of mask the fact that that's where I was going to do it. So that that was actual stage for the proposal. And one of my friends was a amateur photographer and I had asked him to kind of 
leak it out to her saying, listen, I need to do some test shots and candid shots around the city. Um, do you guys mind while you're here in the morning before we head to the party, if you guys kind of just walk around a tourist site so that I can practice and take some shots of you guys. And this was my plan because then later on, we would have these shots of that day of us kind of dressed up going around to all these cool tourist spots. Um, that way we have these cool pictures. Um, rewind back to Toronto. The last night before we went to Chicago, I was doing a dinner for my friends, kind of like a farewell kind of tasting menu kind of thing. And I accidentally dropped uh, a bucket of hot oil on my foot. Um, so I got this massive burns and I had a giant bubble on my foot the size of like a softball. So with this terrible burn, um, I'm, I'm trudging along all of Chicago to all these tourist sites, um, trying to look happy and in love uh, with Andrew while my friends taking pictures for us uh, with my foot heavily bandaged and trying to cover that up as, and, and still trying to arrange and put together this kind of uh, proposal. So we finally made it through. Um, we got to the party and I wanted to give her also a kind of someone on her side to say and because her family wasn't able to make it uh, luckily uh, one of her closest friends from Mumbai surprisingly happened to be in Chicago and I asked her to be there to surprise her and we all kind of rushed into the uh, venue and she was loitering around downstairs and I said oh let's see where our table is where the party is where we're going and we kind of ran upstairs um, got everything set up and I had my nephew who I think was four or five at the time um, I had a giant sign that said marry me so we waited upstairs while she came up and this was the key point because the party had already been going and the one thing that I do know about Andrea is that she hates to be in the spotlight so I had it set up so that everybody at the party would be around this glass window so they'll all be staring at her and she'd be extremely embarrassed so that she could i could get down and do the proposal and then that was gonna be my way in um so she came up i got down on my knee and i had my little nephew stand up with a sign and he said marry me uh will you marry me and instead of uh giving me an answer she kind of just looked around blushed and picked up my nephew and walked away <laughs> so i was just kind of looking around i was like hmm i'm gonna say that was a yes guys and that was that uh so she finally said yes oh my gosh that is a great story i andrea what was your reaction to all oh that oh goodness and i do not enjoy being in the spotlight so that put a lot of pressure on me and i was very thankful to have a small tiny familiar face and excuse at the time um as for the ring I would have said yes with a ring pop, like nothing, a string, it would have been fine. Um, but yeah, I'm very happy with the ring I have now. It's eco-friendly and ethically sourced and handmade and from the US. So he ticked all of my boxes, but I would have said yes to anything. I probably would have loved a more private proposal, but he, he still got down on one knee with an absolutely damaged foot and that's okay. <laughs> What do you guys want people to take away from your love story? I think that it's not the destination. It's all of the little moments in your life and in your love story that really make it yours. And perspective is everything. What you focus on is what you will bring to light and to bring into that relationship and into your head. I think that, you know, we've had so many adventures and that is something that he promised me when he proposed he said I will always 
bring you on every adventure that we can. And he certainly has. And we've been all over the world together. We've had some of the highest highs and some of the highest, highest lows, lowest lows. And I think it's just keeping in mind that it is all part of the journey and that happiness and love are the center of everything. And if you focus on that, like things will be good. For us, it's always been about the journey, right? Um, we make an adventure of everything that we do. Uh, from the time we open our eyes, we are nonstop and we always, we don't need anything else. We, we've, we've kind of realized, it took some time, um, but we've realized that whenever we are together and enjoying each other's time, uh, whether it be as a couple, as husband and wife, as friends, as partners, as um, collaborators, as parents, um, even if we're not physically together, um, we know that this is what works um, and this is what makes us happy uh, and that we have that common bond and that love that kind of sustains us. And we've figured it out that we're okay as long as we're together in the sense um, from an emotional standpoint and we'll always get through everything. And that's all we really need. And we're very happy and we're very grateful and very blessed. Um, and we're very much in love and very happy. I think what we want people to take away from our love story is that it's the little moments that- yeah, And to enjoy them. Yeah to enjoy the little moments and that it's the little moments that make it not this big destination at the end. It's all the little moments in your journey. Love that. But you know, the thing is, is that I've had to, I have had to give up things as you rightfully said, but I think at the same time, what we've given up, we've also figured out how to make the best of that situation too. But yeah. Um, and then Bodhi is obviously our world. Bodhi is everything and we love that. Like that made us stronger as a couple. I think one thing, one thing that many couples worry about is that when you become parents, that's going to somehow lessen the bond between a couple because you won't have as much energy or time to invest in your relationship. But I think for us, it's been the opposite, that it's almost solidified our relationship and also just given us one more thing to bond over and gush over and be happy about and that parenting has been a fantastic journey for us and individually we've both grown massively because we've just kind of had to take a mirror to ourselves and go okay these are your triggers these are your positive traits these are your weaknesses this is what you need to work on and we've had to sit in some uncomfortable times and really acknowledge things about ourselves but also come together to come up with the foundations that we want to raise our child on, which I think you don't talk about when you're just a couple. You don't say, oh, what is our family centered on? What are the three traits that we want our child to have? And yeah, I think parenting has been phenomenal. Well, guys, thank you so much for chatting with me, really kind of diving in and telling us your love story, your family, you know, dynamic, um, what it's like to live abroad. I mean, I've feel like your love story is so beautiful. So thank you for sharing that with thank us. Thank you for having us, Rachel. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Love String, love stories that tie us all together. This was our final episode in season one. 
Join us back in a few months for season two, where we'll have more love stories to share. If you have a love story you want to share in season two, we want to hear it. Email us at lovestringpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe so you know when season two is live. Until then, keep looking for it. Love is all around.